0: Today is the final episode of the Purpose Book Club on the comfort crisis. Uh, guys, it was an awesome book. I loved rereading it again. Uh, I hope that you've listened to the first three episodes. This is going to kind of be a high-level recap and kind of a, an overview of the, of the final section. Um, the one thing I do want is I want you to let me know uh, what you thought of the book. I'm going to be posting more on Instagram. I'm going to ask you, hey man, what did you feel about this book? What did it really say to you? And if you read the book and if you uh, read along and listened to the podcast, let me know what you thought because I I thought it was great. Sam thinks it's great. Um, it, it really just was a solid book and I think... The If I had to sum up the book in two words, which is kind of arbitrary, but if I had to do it, I think I would sum it up in perspective shift. Uh, comfort crisis is a good way to sum it up, but for me, what it did for me was a perspective shift. Shift. It really changed the way that I look at my life in terms of comfort and uh, discomfort. I guess or uncomfort. Um, it, it just really changed the way I looked at my life, and I looked at the actions uh, that I go through every day. And uh, I mean, even after the first time reading it, it just altered how I see myself uh, and and catching my tendencies to uh, go seek comfort and now I, I actively try to seek discomfort uh it, it's just it's I don't know, man. It it was almost revolutionary. So just to get into this section, uh, it was it was a lot of high level stuff. wasn't anything really to key in on. Um, like take quotes from the book and and really underline them. That's kind of the nature of the section as he's kind of wrapping it up and he's he's finishing the story. They get back. Uh, they they get the uh, the I want to say reindeer. It's not a reindeer. It's a caribou. Uh, they get the caribou packed back out, and he's talking about rucking and and the mental place that it puts him in, and and getting that meat back out. Out, uh, what, what the meat kind of means to them and what the ruck means to them. Uh, I thought that was really good. And, you know, that's something that I haven't gotten to experience yet. And I think that was one of the main reasons that I was drawn to the book is that this hunt, I mean, he goes through this total and complete badass uh, pack-in, pack-out hunt that uh, is just awesome. And uh, really the, the story is great. And, you know, the information I thought could drag on sometimes, and that's kind of what happened in this last section. Uh, as much as I love the book, I do have criticism Of it. I think the information was drug out. Sometimes it felt like it was, you know, when you had to hit a 3,000 word count on an essay. It felt a little bit like that in some of the information portions. I felt like he could have been a little bit more concise for specifically like rucking. Uh, The information was good, don't get me wrong. And I took it and I used it. And that's, we're going to talk about that here in a second. But uh, it just, it feels like he's kind of trying to drag it out. And the story is a good little, the story is a good break in between those informational sections. But in this, last part he really did kind of drag it out a little bit almost like he was trying to hit a word count didn't necessarily enjoy that but the message that he's sending uh was worth the extra words uh reading that I felt like were a little bit unnecessary uh and that's just kind of a note for for books in general is that I feel like a lot of them do try to drag out and and some of these people some of these authors can't really be concise all the time and uh I, the main thing that I try to do when that happens is take more notes, not less, um, and try to summarize, uh, almost each page. That way, when I go back and read it, I don't have to read all of the shit that, um, really could have been said in, in less pages. Uh, and so that's kind of a tool that, yeah, read it all the first time, but make good notes that way. When you're going back and looking for something kind of at the bottom of the page, make a note of what the page was about. Or if, if you need to wait three pages, that's kind of what the deal with this one was, is I was, I was wanting to get y'all something a little bit more wanting to dive in deep and wanting to get you some substance and I looked up and 30 pages were gone and I was like well I didn't have anything to <laughs> to really dive in on like this is all just a true statement this is all uh, good information so um, just a little tip and, and the purpose of this podcast is to help you guys be more efficient and learn how to read books a little bit better and learn how to get more out of your books uh, is to is to make those kind of notes at the bottom of the page or at the end of sections that helps you when you go back and read it you know kind of what this section is about and when the rambling on about rucking for example uh, you don't have to read all of that and kind of waste your time with all of that once you've already read it once through read every single bit of the page once through don't skim over shit because you don't know what you're missing but uh, make sure to make good notes that way when you go back and reference this book uh, you don't have to read through all that to find you know a really specific thing that you're looking for Uh, one of the notes that I did like is his kind of framing on exercise and the way that humans have exercised in the past and how you know people weren't necessarily going to a gym just just for fun. And there's a lot of truth to that. Um, Yeah, you know, our our people a long time ago didn't have to exercise because their life was exercise. And you see some of that in like the blue collar generation right now to where uh, not blue collar generation, but like the uh, blue collar workers where their life is kind of exercise. And what he's saying is that as a society, uh, we've gone into retirement. We've got things easier now. We don't have to be uncomfortable every single day. We've got desk jobs. Those things weren't they weren't a thing in the past. Uh, And, you know, you see that in blue collar work. How many how many people do you know that develop really, really bad habits because they're working in the field 24-7 uh, and they can eat like shit, they can not work out, they can uh, stay up and drink 12 beers every single night and they're fine uh, because they've got that higher metabolism because they're going and they're working out, they're burning more calories during the day and they roll into a management position and they get fat and happy, literally fat and happy because they're doing bullshit, uh, their diet's trash, they're eating way too many calories, calories that they used to burn off at work, except now they're sitting in a a chair and doing a desk job and they've gained 30, 40 pounds. Uh, That's his point is basically that's kind of what the human race has done is that we've retired or we've upgraded to a management position and we haven't altered our lives accordingly. And our food has gotten more calorie dense. We talked about that. Uh, I believe it was in section two. It was either section two or three. I think it was section two. um, How our food calorie per pound is has gone way up. Um, we didn't have access to those calorie-dense foods in the past like we do now. And that combination has just created a life of, uh, of sorrow for a lot of people where they're just fat. I mean, they're just fat. And me being one of them. Uh, I've had a desk job since I was 18. Uh, always, I never really had a blue-collar job, like actually getting paid W-2 uh, by working with my hands. And that caused me to gain a lot of weight because I didn't have to go burn calories on the daily. You know, a lot of people, they're Wednesday, they must burn calories on a Wednesday. And yes, everybody burns calories resting. But for me, you know, sometimes it was literally go get in the truck, uh, go to work, sit in a chair until five o'clock, get back in the truck, go home, sit at home. Uh, And it's a sad life. And that's kind of what a lot of, uh, at least America is having to deal with nowadays, is that they don't actually get out and burn calories on the daily. And so we're having to find extra creative ways to do that. Uh, one thing that I thought was really cool and that I actually directly implemented, uh, from my life into this book or, uh, from this book into my life is rucking. I love rucking. I rucking love it. Uh, love rucking. Uh, I ruck all the time. It's just so much fun. It's so much rucking fun. Uh, (laughs) anyway, um, yeah, I, I ruck around with, uh, ruck around and find out basically with I started with like a 35 pound rucksack um just walking in the neighborhood and my neighborhood's pretty flat. I don't really have many opportunities for elevation. There is actually a hill that I think I'm going to start rucking, uh, in the mornings to get some elevation and make things more difficult. I up my rucksack to 55 pounds, I think is what I'm carrying now. Yeah. She's a chonky bitch. Yeah. It's uh it's hefty, uh, throw her on my back and I go and just walk miles, uh, in the neighborhood and it has done so much for me. Those days when I don't really want to go to CrossFit, but I, I can't really run like, and he talks a little, bit about this and I can run. Yes, I could do it all, you know, all things are possible through Christ or whatever the saying is like, yeah, I can do it. Um, I can go run, but it's really, really hard on me and I can't do it in a long form, like for 45 minutes, uh, even doing like intervals, like a hundred yards and then waiting 30 seconds and then doing a hundred yards or whatever, uh, just jogging that kills me. And I'm done by like 10 minutes, uh, not even 10 minutes. It's super, super difficult for me to go and run or jog. And so, uh, I love rucking as a form of getting my heart rate up. It does take a little bit more time. Now, um, it, it does take a little bit more time than running. Like I obviously I can run two miles quicker than I can ruck two miles. But uh utilizing the ruck shuffle that he talks about um uh, in the in the in the in the book, utilizing that ruck shuffle and uh getting getting the most out of uh, my workout you know i used to just do walks when i didn't want to do anything else or i didn't want to go to crossfit or i was super busy and the cross crossfit times didn't work for me uh i would go walk and now i ruck and it's just been awesome. I haven't seen any significant weight loss with rucking. I think that's probably because my diet's been a little bit dog shit since Thanksgiving is as, as, as hard as I try for my diet to not be dog shit since Thanksgiving. It, it still, I think is because I'm not seeing any, any significant loss and that can only be because I'm not doing the things that I'm supposed to. Uh, but I do really, really love, uh, love rucking. And I got that from this book. Now I will say just my personal opinion. Um, The rucks that he was talking about, like the, the go ruck company where they make those rucks, uh, they seem like they're good quality. Uh, I think my friend Brett actually has one. They seem like they're good quality, but I noticed a few problems when I went to buy one. Number one, they're really fucking expensive. Uh, when I looked at them, they, they seemed like really high dollar and, uh, a little bit unnecessarily high dollar for a backpack like that. And they said, oh yeah, normal backpacks can't take the weight. That uh, these backpacks can well I can buy like (laughs) like 10 backpacks in the time that I could buy one of yours so even if my backpack only lasts a month you know what I mean or a year like that's ten years worth of backpacks that I could just keep buying uh, versus buying one of their backpack that didn't really serve a higher purpose and I think that's my point is that it didn't really have a higher purpose and they didn't have a a kidney belt on the ones that I saw now I could be wrong Uh, I mean let me go look at the website so to make sure I'm not wrong uh, go ruck. and again they're nice they're nice backpacks and if you want to spend the money on it absolutely spend the money on it um, let's see shop all rucksacks so I'm sitting here looking at it uh, and making sure that yeah they've got a plate carrier um, the plate carrier is silly go get a regular plate carrier go to spiritus or JPC um, Go get, I think Cry is another one at Regular Plate Carrier. Yeah, so another problem that I had is that all of their rucksacks look like they don't have a a hip belt on them. Um, that one, that GR3 might have a a hip belt. Let's see. Yeah. Okay. So I think this GR3 does have a hip belt on it. Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's four hundred and twenty-five dollars so be ready for that Uh, not to downplay the company not to talk shit on them Uh, I just wasn't a super big fan of it Uh, you know this one it's 115 and it's uh, the bullet ruck it doesn't really have hip straps but I will tell you that in my experience rucking hip straps are uh, or hip straps or kidney belts is what they call them uh, uh, hip belts they are absolutely essential for rucking and any kind of hiking with weight because what it does is it allows you to transfer that weight to your hips and it's not all on your shoulders and I believe he talks about that uh, in the story of how he was transferring weight from his shoulders to his hips from his shoulders to his hips and that's that's really essential to make sure that you can actually go these long distances and convert that weight effectively Uh, it makes it a little bit easier on the lower back and the shoulders and the neck Um, yeah uh, uh, kind of an oversight on some of their their smaller rucks is that they don't have uh, the kidney straps or, or hip belts or whatever you want to call them kidney belts so so uh, I will say go when you get a ruck. Um, if you want to do a go ruck, Brett loves his. They've got little plates that you can put in them that are exact weights, and they're made in the U.S. They seem to be of good quality. Uh, but I will point you more towards hunting packs. And now they did say that we want to make one that you can carry in everyday New York City and stuff like that, and not look like a you know a fucking weirdo. And that's fine if you want a really really. Uh, what is it uh conspicuous or inconspicuous i think it's conspicuous uh you know rucksack that doesn't look like you're carrying around a bunch of hunting gear uh or ammunition one one of the things i used to weigh my down is like 500 rounds of 556 ammo so if you don't want to be that guy um then maybe these rucksacks are good for you but uh if you really uh really want to do some rucking and you're into outdoorness at all, uh I'm gonna point you towards some of these uh these hunting packs like Mystery Ranch or Everly Stock. Uh I have an Eberly Stock Gun Runner and it is a little bit goofy because it does have like uh I mean it's made for uh uh, putting a gun, a rifle in, but they have a lot of good stuff, and I'm a big fan of Everly Stock. I believe all their stuff is made in the U.S., uh, or at least the, the stuff that you're going to be buying is is made in the U.S., and they have, yeah, they have uh, they have belt straps. They have an M5. That one's only $389, and you get a whole lot more for your money, a whole lot more capability for your money. That one's a, a stiff frame, I believe. It's got a mainframe on it. The Switchblade, uh, I don't know if it's got a... I'm looking. I don't think it's got a kidney belts it's kind of an everyday sack kind of like theirs and it's only 199 um kind of like their bullet pack i think uh the renegade is 249 and i'm looking at it i believe does have kidney belts the x2 is uh yeah here he is packing out an head on it the x2 pack is 289 so i'm a big fan of everly stock i love my gunrunner um absolutely awesome yeah the gun is 199 and it's an awesome pack it's got a uh, really substantial kidney belt on it it distributes the weight well very very adjustable um looking at go ruck i don't really know how adjustable their packs are i just haven't dealt with them and when i looked at them they seemed really really overpriced for not much benefit and i know you can get uh better packs that are that are hunting packs yeah you may have to get camo um uh, i mean this one this gun runner that i'm looking at from uh uh everly stock is a um, quote-unquote minimalist pack and they've got different camos but they've also got a flat dark earth to where it's just tan um and they've got a green to where it's just green and i'm sure you can get one that doesn't have the scabbard on it like the like the gunrunner does it has the yeah this vapor doesn't look like it's got a scabbard it looks like it's made for uh bow hunting maybe sorry i know i'm rambling a little bit i'm just trying to give you all options because it was really confusing for me of like how do i go ruck what do i do uh, you know, what do I get? How do I make this work? Um, so I, am a huge fan of rucking, even if you're already skinny, even if you can run, uh, they go over how there's less stress on the knees. Um, it's a little bit easier to do. And again, it's scalable. So if you have a wife that can't necessarily run with you or, um, wants to go on a walk and you don't really want to go on a walk, you want to do something a little bit more intense, or, uh, one of the guys mentioned his mom, uh, his grandma, whatever. Uh, yeah, do, do the rucking. I love the rucking. I rucking love rucking. So, uh, go do that. 100%. The ruck shuffle was awesome. You'll know it when you, when you start to ruck and you remember them talking about the ruck shuffle, you'll be like, Oh, okay. This is exactly what he meant. Um, so yeah, go do that. Plate carriers are cool too. Um, I I don't know. I'm not a huge fan of plate carriers for fitness purposes. Uh, they seem kind of silly. I guess the only advantage is that, you can equally distribute that weight, and it's not on your back. Um, but you kind of look silly. And I know that saying as a CrossFitter, and a lot of people that do CrossFit, the the Murph is a big thing, and a lot of people wear plate carriers for added weight. Um, I don't know. For fitness purposes, it seems kind of silly. But also, I like to I like to LARP and be prepared and stuff like that. If you are going to buy a plate carrier, get like a real plate carrier. Um, get. a a decent plate carrier those 511 plate carriers that a lot of people use for fitness I guess if that's all you're going to use it for um the 511s are okay and the steel plates are all right um but I don't know it is kind of jank uh just kind of jank I feel like there's better better uses than uh, a 511 tactical plate carrier that doesn't really serve well as a fitness plate carrier and doesn't really serve well as a As a tactical plate carrier, either. If you want a tactical plate carrier, which I know a lot of my dudes on here probably would enjoy that, and I want a tactical plate carrier, get something like a Spiritus or a a jpc a cry i think is what they're called um t-rex arms makes one two uh, i think and uh, i'm blanking on a couple of the others but spiritus and cry are the ones that i can uh bring to mind so if you're going to get a plate carrier just go ahead and get a good one it's going to make a a world of difference it's kind of like running shoes um or packs for example um If you're going to get one, get a decent one and make sure that it's going to work for you and that it has all the things that you want, especially if you want it for any sort of backup tactical use. Uh, if you actually want to put real plates in it, then, uh, get a decent, get a decent plate carrier. So, uh, anyway, onto the book, uh, he kind of kind of ends it on kind of like a meditation, uh, specifically on his life, but the the pandemic as well, and kind of what we all went through and how that showed us um, how comfortable we really are in society and how maybe some discomfort could help us. Uh, I thought that was a really good note, and I think a lot of people got that from the the twenty twenty pandemic or whatever you want to call it, uh, the COVID, the commie cough. Uh, yeah, it, it really scared the shit out of a lot of people, and. You know, if we learned anything from that, it's that uh, discomfort is the best, I think, getting uh, uncomfortable on a regular basis is the best way to prepare for uh, large, you know, global events like that like yeah you need to be prepared you need to have your finances saved but you know saving money is uncomfortable for a lot of people but i I think that by seeking discomfort uh and becoming acclimated to discomfort and getting uncomfortable on a on a regular basis is really an advantage when you do have something like the pandemic that comes up that uh forces discomfort on a lot of people that was such a big deal because a lot of people weren't used to being that uncomfortable That's why that was such a big deal. And basically, I think what he's trying to kind of trying to say with that last little memo is that, hey, look, as we move forward, I'm going to practice being uncomfortable more and more and more. And uh, it's going to harden me and make me more prepared for um, make me more prepared for life in general and add all these benefits that he mentioned over the course of the book. Uh, So. Yeah, guys, there, there wasn't much more to it than that. Um, it was just, it was a really good book, man. And I'm glad all of y'all read it with me. I think it was a, a good book to start this purpose book club on. I think it, uh, was really fantastic in the way that it, uh, it laced the story with the information and kept you engaged even though he did tend to ramble like I do sometimes like we all do. He kind of rambled on the information a little bit some stuff that seemed like yeah we get the point uh, but he quickly followed it up with the story and kept you engaged through the hunt. Uh, just a great book and I hope you guys all took notes on it I hope that you pulled something from that and I'm going to ask again on Instagram what is the what is the thing you learned the most from the comfort crisis what did you most get out of the comfort crisis uh, great book I can't thank Sam enough for recommending it to me uh, absolutely awesome uh, changed my life for the better so uh yeah that's that's all i've got guys uh go get uncomfortable go find a misogi oh that's another thing that i'm directly implementing from the book is a misogi i think you heard sam and i talk about it on multiple podcasts uh he and i are going to go and do a really really long hike next october is what we have planned it for that's going to give us plenty of time to prepare hopefully time for me to lose a significant amount of weight uh and hopefully the temperature is not going to be just balls-ass hot uh, down in that canyon, and I know what you're saying, yeah, I get uncomfortable, yeah, 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 I get it, but uh, down in that canyon, it can get upwards of like 125, so uh, you know, I don't think we're ready to do it in February or March, but I think that once October rolls around, and maybe we can catch one of those 60, 70 degree days uh, in October, that's when we're going to go do it. Uh, I mean, hell, even an 80-degree day, uh, I mean, that means it would probably be like 90 down on the canyon. I would still be down for that. Uh, anything less than 100, I'm okay to go get uncomfortable and do that. It would absolutely suck ass, but we're really uh, we're hesitant to schedule it uh, anywhere in the summertime because it gets so absolutely hot down there that to do a Masogi like event uh, in that canyon, I mean, could be pretty fucking deadly. I mean, a lot of people die down in there, and I would prepare, and, and we may just... We may do it anyway. We may decide that it's not going to be that hot and we'll take plenty of water, but um, it could really cause some issues. So I think we're going to plan it for next October and do that misogy, and hopefully uh, hopefully, it has all those benefits that he talked about Um you know, plan a Misogi uh, for you in your life. What what are you going to do as a masogi? What are you going to go out and get uncomfortable and do a, a physical act that just makes you incredibly uncomfortable that you only have, if everything goes right, you only have a 50% chance of success? Uh, what are you going to do? Think about that and set a goal for yourself that you're going to go do this challenge and you're going to make yourself better because of it. Uh, tie that into your purpose. So one thing that he kind of skirts around but doesn't exactly attack the way I would and makes sense it's not his shtick kind of like it's it's my I don't know you call it a shtick but it's not his mo is get uncomfortable and find the motivation to do that around your purpose understand that this masogi the way the reason I'm going to do a masogi is because it's going to make me a better husband when I eventually have kids a masogi is going to make me a better father because I've been through multiple crucibles if that happens years and years from now I'll have have been through years and years worth of misogies uh it's going to make me better and this is the reason that I want to do it this is the reason that I want to get uncomfortable is because I I, I'm a man that finds my motivation and purpose I like having a purpose I like being needed you know the worst days that I have at work is when I feel like I'm not needed the worst jobs that I've ever had is when I felt like I'm a this how do you say it this vestigial organ. Um, I'm an appendix. Let me just put it that way in in dumb terms. Um, When I feel like an appendix that is just typing letters in, you know, typing numbers into Excel to where they don't actually need me, that's when I feel worst about what I do or my job. Um, So, I'm a man that finds meaning and purpose and that finds my motivating factor to be my purpose and, and to know that I'm needed. Uh, and that's the reason I'm going to go do these masogis, go get uncomfortable. That's the reason that I seek daily discomfort is to go and do to, to fulfill my purpose. To step in in those areas that I believe I'm needed, that I'm wanted, that I'm useful, that's what uh, that's what unifies me to go and do hard shit continually. And I hope that it's the same for a lot of you. And, and my theory here, the, the reason that I think this whole thing is going to work that I'm trying to do is because I think a ton of men are like that, that they need to be needed, they need to have a purpose. And I think one of the best ways that you can go and fulfill that purpose and make yourself a better, um, better, in, make yourself better in that role is by doing hard shit and getting uncomfortable, doing things like misogies, doing daily misogies. Now I know that's not really a misogie because it, you know, if everything goes right, you need to have a 50% chance of fail, but doing daily challenges that challenge your, your comfort level on a day to day basis on Christmas, you know, me and my little brother, we Went and had a huge lifting session on Christmas. It was hard. It was difficult. Um, the day where most people are probably the most comfortable out of the year. They're sitting around uh, you know, on their fat, happy asses and they're watching TV, which is there's nothing wrong with that. I did plenty of that on Christmas. Uh did that on Monday. They're sitting around on their fat, happy asses and watching TV and eating tons and tons of shit, uh, sugar and whatnot Christmas cookies, which I've still got in the fridge. I'm not any better than anybody else. Uh, but they let that drag on and they, they're they just uncomfortable whereas I promise that you will be so far ahead of the pack and so far closer to fulfilling your purpose if you keep that daily discomfort no matter what you're doing go get uncomfortable for at least like 45 minutes go get uncomfortable on the daily have a daily misogi uh, it, it's just so crucial and like I said that's the perspective shift that I got from this book of how important discomfort is and also the the way to utilize discomfort to my benefit. Uh, So guys, I think that's all I've got for you. Uh, The Purpose Book Club, I think think we're going to go with fiction next. I think we're going to go with a fiction book next, a novel. I'm really, really intrigued with this idea of finding a fiction book and understanding the implications that it can have for our life, doing some literary analysis and Using fiction to our advantage because I think a lot of people, myself included, this is, this is me talking uh, about myself. We dive into these personal growth books and. We want to just be given the answers. That's me. When I go and read Jocko, he's giving me the answers. He's giving me the roadmap to life. Well, I think some of the most profound uh, thoughts that we have and the most profound uh, MOs, the most profound ideologies of the way people live have been found through fiction, through creating a story and understanding that story. And I'm not here to say that the Bible is fiction. I don't know... I don't think it is. Uh, I think Christianity is real. I don't know if all the stories in the Bible are fiction. I don't have any clue. Um, speaking out of my wheelhouse here, but... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry for coughing on the mic. Um, but what I do know is that these stories from the Bible, whether they are nonfiction or fiction, I don't know. Uh, but these stories in the Bible, they can, you can learn so much from them. So it, it, it's just something that either did or didn't happen, uh, an experience that, you know, somebody's putting in literature, in the written word, you can look in there and learn so many life lessons of, of the way that we need to behave and interact with each other. And so I think I do want to do fiction. And I think the next one we're going to do is Blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. I, th- I think that's what we're going to do. Uh, the more I've thought about it, the more I'm really ready to read it. Uh, I got it as a, a gift for my buddy Tanner. I sat down and read like two or three pages of it and I was hooked. Uh, and I, I had to give it back to him cause I gave it to him as a Christmas gift. So it, it hurt. Uh, I don't, I don't have the book yet. I think I'm going to order it, uh, right now. Actually, you know what? I think there's only a few hardcovers on Amazon and this is going out actually the night that I'm recording it. So I'm going to make all you losers get paperbacks and I'm going to go order it right now. Cause there's a laptop in front of me. Um, so anyway, yeah, sorry. You're going to have to get a hardback cause I don't think they have many or a paperback cause I don't think they have many hardcovers, uh, on Amazon. Last time I checked cause I bought Tanner a hardcover and they said they were low on stock. So hopefully you get a hardcover, but, uh, I want the hardcovers. I hope y'all all all go buy them out. But anyway, guys, uh, I'll buy that as soon as I'm done recording this. Uh, anyway, guys, I think we're going to do blood Meridian by Cormac McCarthy. It's called blood Meridian or the evening redness in the West. It's kind of an odd title, but I'm hoping to learn about it. And a lot of people say that it's, it's just an excellent book. Uh, uh, what is it, Martyrmaid podcast? Uh, a podcast that both Brett and I absolutely love. Uh, he regards it as almost the the best Western novel that's ever been written. And so, uh, our next guest is actually going to uh, offer up some some alternate suggestions to that. Just a little insider, we're having a, a really awesome guest on on Sunday, uh, so uh, tune in for that. But. And he gave us a lot of good suggestions for poems and things to read that we can glean um Glean life lessons off of that, particularly revolve around the American West, and so I think that's what we're gonna do. I, I think it's I, you know I've decided it, I've decreed it, gavel down. That's what we're gonna do. Blood Meridian next, and then we're gonna keep on going with that theme of of Western novels throughout 2023. What can we glean from those? Uh, what can we do with these these fiction books? And if you don't read fiction, suck it the fuck up and start reading fiction. Uh, try to try to understand uh, what these guys are saying in the fiction and get. Uh, get life lessons and and good how do i say it um try to learn lessons from the fiction and apply it to your real life and and understand that these are depictions of things that actually go on in real life maybe even at a greater or a lesser scale you know you may have some tyrannical I think the the whole thing in blood Meridian is that you have a tyrannical judge and I haven't read it yet I haven't done much literary analysis but this may stand for a tyrannical boss that's in your that's in your uh, in your organization and it may not be as bloody I just just a, a note though uh, blood Meridian is really really gory so if if you can't really handle the, the blood, guts, and gore, um, maybe not a good one for you, but uh, that, that's such is life. So um, my suggestion is to get over it, read it, try to find something from that. But, uh, you know, this tyrannical judge, even though he may be beheading people and all kinds of stuff, um, he... It may not be that significant, but he may have a lot of similarities to your boss. That's just an absolute dick at work, uh, and the way that he gets handled in the story may have parallels with the way that you need to handle him uh, in in your life. Or uh, maybe it, it can serve as a as a reminder to you that justice is always served. That no matter what, you may have to put up with this dickhead boss for you know the next five years. Hopefully, you get a new job, or you know follow Jocko's plan of building a relationship. Whatever. But maybe it just serves as a reminder that evil is always taken care of in the world. I I don't know. I don't know what the book's going to be. I'm just trying to give you reasons that you need to read fiction and get out of your comfort zone. Get uncomfortable and read some fiction and try to glean uh, positive things from it. Because some of the best books in the world that uh, have literally shaped Western society are fictional books. So that's what we're going to do. I think we're going to do that in March. Uh, I know we're not going to do it straight up in January because y'all have got to give me time to to read it and understand it. Uh, I, I We're already in January. I, I don't have enough time to uh, uh, get on that and read it the way I should. I want to dive into this stuff. So, I mean, I need at least a month in advance, but I think we're going to do that in either March or February. Let me get the book in, see how long it takes me to read it. I may go ahead and schedule it for February um, if I'm able to put pour a lot of time into it. And then after. After that, I am planning on doing one every single month, but just seeing how much work went into the comfort crisis and uh, how much more I'm going to have to do uh, for a fiction book, uh, I think it's going to take a significant amount more time and I really want to do this justice and I want to do the best job for y'all. I don't think we're going to lose the Wednesday episodes. I'm going to find a way to, to fill those Wednesday episodes and to offer you something um, offer you something on Wednesdays that has to do with literature. I don't know what that's going to be yet, but I don't think it's going to be a full book club on a certain book, kind of like what we've been doing with this comfort crisis. What it may be is like a meditation on a certain book. So the, the thing I'm thinking right now is that Leadership Strategies and Tactics has uh, certain sections in its book, and they're shorter sections, and they're a little bit easier to glean information off of. Uh, I may go through and uh, Do like a section every single week of leadership strategies and tactics for January because it's going to take me a little bit less prep. You're still getting that content; it's still amazing content from Jocko. Uh, You're still getting those Wednesday episodes. I don't really want to stop doing things twice a week, so maybe that's what I'll do: is go through leadership strategies and tactics and pick one episode a week and give you kind of my rundown on it, what it means to me, how I found it applicable in my life. Uh, And then on February we're going to go, maybe February or maybe March, we're going to go balls deep, balls to the wall into Blood Meridian and uh, get going on that. So uh, guys, I really appreciate it. Please tune in on Sunday. If you're not listening to the regular podcast, please listen. We've got so much good stuff that has number one, been thrown out there uh, up to date and that is going to be thrown out there. I'm so excited about this, uh, this Sunday podcast. This guy was so um, astute and so uh, deliberate in the way he spoke and uh it was just it was it was almost profound as a way to do it he, he way way above my level i mean he just spoke in in a way that i wasn't really prepared for and uh and you know maybe that's uh, maybe i need to do some better uh better thinking as a host but uh the the information that he laid out there was just so good and so uh so dense if i had to not not dense in a bad way but dense as in it's worth your time uh as if you know you needed to get as many calories as you could uh, you're gonna you know eat butter because it's so calorie rich like if you're gonna listen to a podcast this guy with every word that he spoke is it had density to it. It had substance to it. So go listen to it uh, when it comes out on Sunday. I'm not going to let you know who it is. That's going to be a surprise. But uh, listen to the past podcast. Drew Perkins. Drew Perkins was awesome, man. Uh, the things that he had to say were wonderful. And I hope to have him back on uh, soon to talk about a lot of that stuff. Tyler Geiger. Tyler Geiger. He was great. He owns. A, he has another podcast, a hunting podcast. And he had a lot. You know, His purpose was to reach his full potential in everything he does. I don't know how you could find a much better purpose than that uh, you know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. That's one of my sayings. So, um, Guys, listen to this content. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you like it. And if you're not listening for a certain reason, let me know why. If you've tried them and you, you're you not really a super big fan of it, which you're probably not going to be listening to this episode, but if you do, if you listen to this episode and you think, man, I'm not, I'm just not going to listen to it again, let me know why so that I can help better serve you and get you the content that you're looking for. My mission is not to turn you into a listener. My mission is to give you what you need to find and fulfill your purpose and to be a better man. So if, if you're not going to listen to the podcast, let me know what I can do to, to change that and to better serve you and to get more information in front of you. That's really what I'm here to do, guys. And it's it's not to preach to you. It's not to um, tell you everything that I think. It's to put information in front of y'all and to let you get what you want out of it and to help you navigate life, which is what I'm trying to do on a daily basis. Uh, I didn't make this podcast because I think I've got things figured out. That's not why I made it. Uh, I created this podcast to help figure things out. Things out with y'all and to help us walk through this life and become better men through the idea of finding purpose and finding uh a, a almost a calling or a direction and our our guest on sunday called it a north star which i couldn't think of, of any better way to say it, it you know it's almost um made me think of of the people that find their purpose in christ like john or drew uh those guys that that truly find their purpose in christ it is like a north star it's it's a goal to aim towards it's a direction that we're going and uh i I just i just want to help you guys find that direction and pursue that uh with with intensity and make your lives better so please if there's anything i can do to better help you do that let me know let me know thanks guys i really appreciate it and i hope you have a fantastic rest of your week and i hope you have a fantastic new year thanks